If you turn in your, in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 4, something that I believe we all can relate to. In verse 1 it says, And Moses answered and said, Behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. How many of us feel inadequate? A lot of times. We say, who, who, me? How many Gideon felt inadequate? If you feel inadequate this morning, that means you're human. Because God does not call us to do human things. He calls us to do supernatural things. And here God has shown Moses a burning bush. Now, it was not uncommon in those days in the desert for there to be a, a combustion of a bush because of the heat and the intensity of the sun. But this bush was different. Because not only was it was did it combust with with uh, fire, but it was never consumed. How many know that he's a he's a fire that's never consumed? And Moses here is challenged by the Lord. Remember the first forty years of Moses' life, he lived and grew up as an Egyptian. In fact, he felt adequate at that time to help his people by murdering an Egyptian. You know, sometimes when we feel adequate, teenagers, oh, I want to get into that. You know, they feel adequate. They're ready. You know, they know more than dad knows. They know more than mom knows. Because they know it all. God can't use us in our teenage years. And what happened was, is that Moses had to flee because Pharaoh had heard that he had killed one of their own. He goes to the backside of a desert for 40 years. You know what he learns there? He learns to unlearn everything that you can bring to the church. I've had people come into the church. Well, I sing real good. Well, and that's wonderful. But God doesn't need your talent. God doesn't need anything that I have. You know, sometimes, sometimes we gotta un we got to sit in the church long enough to unlearn before we can learn. Moses had come to the place after 40 years in the wilderness that he couldn't even speak straight. He, but, but, uh, and he said, I'll give you Aaron. Don't worry. I'll, I'll help you out, your brother. He, he'll, he'll speak for you. But here he goes and he says, "How will, they won't believe me. Who am I? Who am I? And the Lord said unto him, What is in thine hand? You know, God can use what you have. He can use. And you say, Well, I don't have much. Well, what do you have? Remember the widow. And, and she said, I have just a little meal and a little oil. She said, And I'm going to go bake a cake for you, my son. And, and we're going to die after we eat our last cake. And what did the prophet say? He said, Make me one first. Sometimes we would take up an offering. People think taking up an offering is cruel. But I want you to know something. It teaches us. It teaches us to invest. The Bible said the poor eat their own seed. 
When I was in, and I, I will get back here, but when I, was a, when I worked at a potato farm, they took the choicest potatoes that they could have sold. A third of their whole crop was set aside and, and stored in a barn for the very next year. And they chopped that potato in four pieces. And that became the seed for the next harvest. You see, we give a seed to the Lord. We say, Lord, I'm going to plant a seed because I know that in your vineyard things will prosper. And, and what we find in that, 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 Ab that uh, Moses here feels totally inadequate, but he said, what have you in your hand? Remember the mite, the widow of the mite? And, and, and we understand, and I don't mean to get off on too long a big a tangent here, but, but the offering plate was made of brass and had a horn in those days. And the, the heavier the coin meant, the better value the coin was. And when they would come and they would throw it against that brass horn, it would make a noise. And man, if you gave a big coin, you know, everybody said, this person gives a lot of money. But, you know, a mite was, was a, a like wood. It was so light, no matter how hard you throw it at that coin, that, that, that brass horn, it wouldn't make any noise. And Jesus stood up and said, she's given more than you all. And they're thinking, wait a minute, I heard some pretty loud rings. And I didn't hear anything when she threw hers in. He said, because she gave out of her need. But what God is saying to here to Moses is, what have you in your hand? And what did he say? And he said, and he said unto him, what have you had in your hand? He said, I've got a rod. What was that rod? That rod was so common. Every shepherd had a rod. The rod was to keep the sheep in line. Maybe to keep your balance and uneven ground or whatever that rod might be used for. Today we put a grabber on the end of it so we can pick up things without bending over. <laughs> but what we realize is that he had a rod. He said, okay, I can work with that, the Lord said. How many know he can work with what you have? But he cannot work with what you don't have. Say it again. He cannot. Someone said to me years ago, they said, you notice I don't give in the offering. I don't give because I don't have the money. But uh, he said, my numbers are coming in. I'm going to win the mega box. I see it coming. And when it does, I'm going to give you 10% right off the top. And I said, God doesn't want what you don't have. We're not going to take up an offering. I I'm just telling you that the principles of God is what have you in your hand? And this is what God said. And he said, and he cast it on the ground, and he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent, and Moses fled from before it. Today, we have a staff. You know what that staff is? It's the Word of God. What do we do with it? Do we believe the power that is in this Word? Do we believe, as God said, that my Word will not come back to me? And we'll talk about that a little bit later. Void. Are we living as victims? 
Or are we standing in the authority of God? In Isaiah 55 and 10, it says, For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but whether the earth, but watereth the, wor- the earth, and maketh it bring forth, um, bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the things whereunto I sent it. People have called me radical for years because I'm willing to believe the word. Do you believe the word? You know, I've heard people say, well, you know, we're living in a new age today. You know, that, that was written thousands of years ago. It's not really that relevant. I'm going to tell you what. There, the power is in the word of God. In Romans 10, 8, it says, but what saith it? The word is nigh, even in thy mouth and in thy hand, that the word of faith which we preach. Paul stood in the authority of the word of God. You know, there's a saying. Out with the old, in with the... Actually, it shouldn't be. It's out with the old, in with the older... I'm afraid we've lost our way as a church in many ways. And I'm talking about the church universal. We need to get back to the power of the early church. Philip, when he attached himself to the eunuch, who was reading the book of Isaiah. Let me just say something funny about the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah was written by Isaiah, but nobody knew what it meant. Nobody. So when Jesus comes to the temple, you know what they did? They played a trick on him. They handed him the book of Isaiah. (laughs) You'll never get it. You'll never get it. Nobody understands this. And what did Jesus do? He opened it up, and he began to preach it. And he began to tell him what it meant. Nobody understands the book of Isaiah. Because it was ready to be fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Well, well we see the eunuch. He's, he's going back to Ethiopia. He has, he has migrated back to Jerusalem to worship because he was a Jew. And now he's going back uh, to Ethiopia where he was the accountant or whatever in the land. And he's reading. And Philip, the Holy Spirit says, Philip, I want you to attach yourself to this chariot. So we attach ourselves to the chariot. And and the, the eunuch is reading out of the book of Isaiah. And of course, like everybody else, he said, I'm reading, but I don't understand it. And Philip begins to preach to him out of the book of Isaiah. And immediately a light bulb came into his head. In other words, a revelation from God that he needed Jesus. And he says, what hinders me from being baptized? And he said, do you believe in the Lord with all your heart, all your might, and all your soul? Yeah, I do. He said, then there was a certain body of water. 
and he took him and baptized him. And the Bible says that after he baptized him, he was translated into another city. I mean, wow. Don't get too fanatical, Pastor. I like to read the word, and I like to believe the word, and I like to rejoice over the word. He was translated. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This man was a wealthy man. Philip could have got a good offering. <laughs> he put wait, oh, <laughs> my guy's gone. <laughs> but anyway, I'm just joking there. It, but what I'm trying to tell you is that the New Testament is full of the miraculous. You know what we've done? We've drifted away from the miraculous. We've tried to bring things into my understanding. The Bible says there's a way that seemeth right to man, but that way will always lead to destruction. We come into the church and we begin to look and say, okay, now, now look, I understand my three-dimensional life and, 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 and I need it to fit within my life. I mean, we need to fit into his life. The New Testament is full of miracles. It's not out with the old and in with the new. It's out with the old and in with the older. Get back to the basics. Get back to what God preaches. But another thing is we need to fear the word of God. As Moses feared that staff when it became a serpent. We need to stand back in awe. We need to stand back in awe. The Bible said the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Well, what is God? God is the Word. The Word was God. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. The Bible says heaven and earth shall pass away, but my Word shall remain forever. Talking about the firmaments. He's talking about the, 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 the terra firma, the, the earth. He said, that'll all pass away, but my word is forever. In Isaiah 66 and 1, it said, thus saith the Lord. Isaiah 66, 1. Thus saith the, the, the Lord, the heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that they build unto me? And where is the place of my rest? For all those things have, uh, have mine hand made, and all things have been, have been, saith the Lord. But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of contrite spirit, and trembleth at my word. I, I shared with you how that... Uh, the Jews believe because they still haven't received the Messiah. You know, some people, they look at Israel. Oh, Israel's even. No, God loves Israel. Let me tell you. Is there a bunch of heathens living in Israel? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. So if you want to find fault, you can find plenty of fault. But we don't believe in replacement theology. God will call his people, and he has already called them back. He said, I didn't call them back because of any good thing that they have done, but because of my word with Jacob. I've called them back into a nation. Now, they will see the Lord, and they will weep, and they will wail. 
But the thing that we need to understand in all of this is that we need to learn to tremble at his word. We need to learn to reverence his word. We need to learn to realize the power. Because if we don't fear the word, we don't see the power. And if we don't see the power, then we become powerless. Thy word have I hid in my heart. In John 12, 47, it said, And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge... Uh, I judge him not, for I come not to judge the world, but to save the world. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in that last day. We're not here to judge anybody. But if the word judge them... I don't judge anybody. I really don't. I don't judge anybody, but if it's but but I do speak the word. In our prayer, uh, somebody decided because they had had an abortion that they didn't want anybody talking about abortion. Well, that ain't going to fly. I might have been a drunk once, but I'm not going to say to the pastor, "Never speak on alcohol because I was a drunk once." I thank God that he has delivered me from alcohol. I thank God that he's delivered me from, from, from drugs. I thank God that he's delivered me from addictions. I thank God that he's forgiven me if I've had an abortion. I haven't, by the way. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? What I'm saying is we take all that. We're a broken people. We come to the Lord broken. Paul said, if, if, if you want to look at a sinner, he said, I'm chiefest of all. He said, I was a waster of the church. He held the coats of, of, uh, of the Sanhedrin when Stephen was stoned. He was there. Some people believe because he was the youngest member at that time of the Sanhedrin that probably he's the one who debated Stephen. They murdered Stephen. And I'll tell you, if you read, because what would happen if you preached any doctrine that was contrary, they would take you before the Sanhedrin. And the Sanhedrin was, was a group of, of people that God had chosen. Of course, at that time, you know, God was pretty far from them. But what would happen is the, the Sanhedrin would judge the word. And they would have usually one person in the Sanhedrin that would debate you. And if you were found in awe, they would have you stoned. That was the, that's the way it was. So if you're going to preach anything, you better be right about what you're preaching. If you read the preaching of Stephen, you'll be enamored. There's no way they won that debate. No way. But you see, we, we live in a world where, where elections get... We don't want to go there. But we live in a world... That, that, that what's right isn't necessarily right. Stephen was stoned. And he saw, and the Bible said, Stephen, they looked upon him and saw the face of an angel. And he spoke. And he said, I see Jesus sitting on the right hand of power. They couldn't defeat him. 
Paul was guilty of innocent blood. He was headed to Damascus to destroy the church and the Christians. He said, let me tell you something. When I come to the Lord, I come with dirty hands. But thank God through the blood of Jesus, I am cleansed. You know what he called himself? He said, I'm the chiefest of apostles. And I don't say that with, with any humiliation. It was God that gave me that position. How many of you are willing to rightfully take your position, even though you were uh, guilty of sin? Let me share something with you before I go on. Why is it the devil always wants to browbeat us and tell us how inadequate we are? And if we aren't good at doing it ourselves, he'll find someone else to help. I remember one time in prayer, I was praying, and a lady get up and looked at me. She said, you wouldn't know the Holy Ghost if it bit you in the nose. <laughs> oh, well. But what we realize in all of this is that, you know, the enemy will come in. You know why he does it? Because he wants, to, he wants us to disqualify ourselves. And the minute you disqualify yourself, Satan's won. We've had people come, and they'll come for three months. But after three months, the devil beats them so much because of their weaknesses that they leave. The devil won. The Bible said, heaven done all to stand, stand therefore. If you're dealing with a secret sin, don't quit because you're dealing with it. Or because if you do quit, then the devil has won. He's not won until, uh, as long as you stand. As long as you keep coming forward. As long as you keep humbling yourself. As long as you keep seeking. As long as you keep quoting the scripture. You are more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ your Lord. We're all human beings. And we're looking to be perfect human beings. Because Jesus is the only perfect human being. He became a human being. I've heard, I've seen so many human beings that want to be angelic. God wanted to be angelic. He had made you that way. There's no thing in history. Nothing in the heavens and the earth or anywhere else where God created human beings other than us. He said, let us make man in our image. And what God did is he spoke and the animals were, he spoke and this was, he spoke and that was. But he said, when he made a human, he he dipped down into the earth and he took the clay and he molded and he formed it and he... His pneuma, his breath, was put into it, making it a living soul. You know what that means? That person is going to live for eternity. God one time said, I regret that I ever made man. You know what he was really saying? He, he was so pained that people that he breathed into would live eternally without him. That hurt him. You know, the, the God doesn't send anybody to hell. The only way you're going to get to hell is wade through the blood of Jesus, spit on the cross, and walk there of your own will. And how do you do that? Reject the provision that God has given each and every one of us. 
John 14 and 23 says, Jesus answered, said unto them, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and he will come unto him and make, uh, and make our abode with him. When Moses came before Pharaoh, what did God tell him to do with the staff? Stretch it forth. Are we stretching forth the word of God? Are we speaking to those things that are not as though they were, believing that God can give us the increase? I spoke to you two weeks ago. And what I said was, the letter killeth, but the spirit gives it life. The word spirit there is the word numer in the Greek. If you leave this letter on its pages, it can do nothing. But when it's mingled with the spirit, he said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. What, is, what comes out of our belly is our wind, our breath. Breathe in your hand. You know what you just felt? The Spirit. The Bible says when we take this written letter and we mingle it with the Spirit, He said, it will not come back unto me void, but it will accomplish what I've called it to accomplish. Blessed are the feet of they who preach the gospel for how will they hear unless somebody speak. And I want you to know, when we talk about preaching, I'm not talking about getting behind a podium. I'm talking about sharing. When you share the word of God, you bring power to that word. When he, 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 he stretched forth the staff, in Psalms 149 and 5, it said, Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their bed. Let the high, let the high praises of God be in their mouth as a two-edged sword in their hand. To execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishment upon the, the people. To bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. To execute upon them the judgment written. This honor have all the saints. Praise ye the Lord. I hate to tell you this, but the Republican Party, Republican Party is not the answer. Now, I'll vote, as I told you a few weeks ago. I will vote. I'll vote for everyone that holds the, the, the morals and the standards that I, that I hold in God. I'll vote for them. I do believe that in the, in the country that we live in, we have an, an obligation and a duty according to the Constitution and, and according to the, the uh, framework of the fathers of this nation we do have a responsibility and a duty but we have to realize that the republican party is not going to quench the evil because the evil will exist until we speak against it now when we talk about judgment we don't make judgment god does that remember i said that earlier I said yesterday on the written, I probably shouldn't have mentioned a name, and I thought after a little dummy, but, but I said, you know, there are people praying against Nancy Pelosi to die. People that I know. 
You know what he said to, to John when they came and said, we call fire down on them. And Jesus said, you don't know what spirit you're of. We're not here to call fire down in, but we're not here to call Nancy Pelosi to die. We should pray for the Bible said, pray for those who use you wickedly. Pray for those that, that, uh, that are your enemies. That's what makes us different from every other religion. What do the Muslims do with their, with their enemies? That's not the spirit that God's given us. But the word of God will judge all who do not hold the value of it. When Satan tries to condemn us and to disqualify us, we can go to Jeremiah 29 and 11. It says, for I know the, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Do you know what that means? God is in the future calling us forward. God's not behind us, pushing us. You ever pushed anything? They say donkeys come down and get stubborn. And they'll sit there pushing this thing. God doesn't push us. He leads us. Where is he? He's in the future. You know, you're going through things in your life. And whether you know it or not, those things are equipping you for where God is about to bring you. Those things that you go through in your life, he said, don't despise it. Trust me in the midst of it. And know that I am calling you into a future because I'm the Alpha and the Omega. What does the Omega mean? Alpha is the beginning and the end. God is in the end calling us forward and allowing us to go through things that may be painful because he's equipping us. We don't even understand it. But we don't need to. And I've had people, I remember one lady and her, her child uh, had been killed in a fire. I've, I've been through a lot with the hospital. I've uh, been called in with a man who had his head decapitated from a rim that came off of a trailer truck when he was trying to do it himself. I've seen the horrors. And this little boy was burned. And mom wanted to be with the boy. And they didn't want her to be alone with him because the state police, they haven't done an autopsy, so they haven't yet determined the, 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 the reason for the death. And so they said, we can't let her be alone. They called me in and said, will you please sit with her? I sat with her for several hours. Well, she looked at the boy and began to weep. And she asked me, why, why? I don't know. But I know a God that loves you. I know that this little boy five years old, is with Jesus today. If there's any consolation, he's with the Lord. That troubled my heart so much. When you go through those type of traumatic things with people. But people go through traumatic things. Why did two of my grandbabies die? Why, Lord, when the, in, the, in the beginning of their life, it's like they were snatched. I don't know. But it really was traumatic for me to go through them. So was my wife. 
So was it with my, my family and Michelle and all of us. It was traumatic. But one thing I know, God said, I will restore the years the canker worm have destroyed. I have two grandbabies in heaven today. Isn't that wonderful? Someday I'm going to be with them. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. The one who saved me by his grace. Isn't that great? For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. That's what God has said today. He said, I know the thoughts that I think for you. Stop listening to the devil. But Lord, you don't realize the, the thing that I'm carrying, the thing I've never told anybody, the thing that I wrestle with, the thing that plagues me. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. In other words, I'm in the future calling you forward. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I don't know the rest of it, but it's good. <laughs> but we also need to make proclamations for ourselves. I think of the power, I think of, uh, I went the wrong way. I was starting in the beginning again. In Psalms 118, 17, he said, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of thy Lord. I shall not die, but live and proclaim the works of my God. When's the last time you spoke that over yourself? You see, some of these things you should write out and you should repeat them daily. I shall not die. I think of this Michelle back. This is my sister Michelle, and that's we have two Michelles. And she went through a procedure, and she said, I shall not die, but I shall live. And proclaim the works of the Lord. Boy, you see, if we get hold of this thing, church, the devil is going to tremble. If we get hold of this thing, the devil will tremble. In Isaiah 54 and 17, it said, No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that shall raise it against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. And this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. When the devil comes and tells you you're no good and you're weakling and you, you can't preach. I almost quit. I'll tell you, I was done preaching. I was going home. I'm ineffective. I can't do anything. You think, you know, this pastor, I, I'm just going to hope maybe someone else can do it. I can't do it anymore. Aren't you glad that the Lord reproves? See, I wasn't quoting that scripture when I said it. And that's why we need the word. Because the word will war against my carnal thinking. And, and that's the thing we have to understand. We all have carnal thinking. But we need to let the mind of Christ be in us. Which was also in Christ Jesus. Though he thought himself not, it not robbery for him to be equal there because he was God. But yet he took upon him the form of a servant. 
and became a, a dudamot, a bondservant. Dudamai, I think, in the Greek. He became a bondservant. And a bondservant is one that, that maybe they're free, but they, they, they say, I choose to stay in the house of the master. How much, how much, how many know, should I say, that down is usually the way up? Anybody remember uh, an old movie um, that wasn't the Titanic? It was with Shelley Winters. <laughs> what was it? Uh, yeah, yeah, that one there. And, and the thing was is that they found that they had to go down to get up. And poor Shelley was too big to get through the hole, but... Uh, Oh, well. <laughs> but the thing of it is that sometimes our reason says, well, oh, you got to go up. And they came to the conclusion that they had to go down to get up. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves down and pray. Abram was called out of the land of Haran. Now, they were first out of, out of Iraq, he and his dad. And, and, and they went, and they were supposed to come to the promised land, but they ended up in Haran. I don't know why they ended up in Haran. But, but, but he stayed there until his father died. And the Lord called Abram. He said, I want you to go into a land that I will show you. And the land that he showed him was Canaan. Do you know what Canaan means? Look it up in the Hebrew dictionary. You'll be amazed. The word Canaan means a place of the bending of the knee. We have to come to a posture of humility. The Bible says we cannot enter the kingdom unless we come as little children. Not with our broad, sophisticated mind will we fit. He said, how many lawyers have you among you? How many wise people, all that? He, says, he said, the reason you don't is because they already have the reward. Aren't you glad? And, and I don't want you to know that God called you for, because you're a dummy. <laughs> but he calls those those that are despised by the world, those that are overlooked. I know one time we were thinking, well, that was years ago. We, we was in a different environment then, and it, it seemed like, uh, well, it seemed like everybody was a, uh, a nickel short of a dollar. And I was thinking to myself, boy, it'd be nice to be around intelligent people for a while. And the Lord says, well, you'd have to leave the church to do that. <laughs> but they have the reward. What, what do I mean by all of that? That God calls us into his presence. He, he, he called this little poor boy from Westbrook who was born. I was born on Main Street in Westbrook. We didn't have anything. Mom would tell you. My dad was an alcoholic. We didn't have anything. I would be overlooked and despised by the world. But God reached down and he took this boy and he said, you will proclaim my word. 
You know, he called me before I was ever saved. Someone spoke up and said, that's crazy. God doesn't speak to sinners. Does anybody ever stop and think about what they say? (laughs) Thank God God speaks to all of us sinners. But the fact of it is, is God lifts us up. And we're lifted up upon his word. And Deuteronomy uh, 33.5 said, Thy Thy shoes shall be iron and brass. And as thy days, so shall thy strength be. There is none like unto the God of, of, uh, of Jeshurun, who rideth upon the heavens in thy help, and in his excellency on the sky. The eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. He shall thrust out the enemy before thee, and, sh- and shall uh, say, destroy them. Is that not the word of God? I think of Hezekiah. Remember when Sennacherib, uh, the king that had been conquering the whole world, uh, had made threats against Israel? And, they, and, and, and Hezekiah went before the Lord, and, and the Lord told him that, that he would come to his aid. And Shennacherib said, I, aren't you but dogs? He said, I have overthrown every king, and I've overthrown every nation. And what makes you think you're anybody? But God overthrew that whole army. And what happened was Shennacherib ran back to his own land, and his own son killed him. And then, and then fled. I went, there's nothing like the power of God's word. We have the power in the name of Jesus. We have the power in the name of the Lord. Though Satan rages, we will not be defeated. We have that power in the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let me get down to where the rubber meets the road a little bit here. How about financial difficulty? Second Corinthians 9, 8, it said, And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye always have an all sufficiency, and all things may abound to every good work. I could sing that song, I am blessed, I am blessed. Every day that I live here, I am blessed. When I wake up in the morning, or I lay my head to rest, I am blessed, I am blessed. Are you saying that every day? I am blessed, I am blessed, (laughs) hallelujah. Philippians 4 and 13, it says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Maybe you feel inadequate. We go back to the word of God. Remember, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. What causes us to sin against God? It's when we feel our frailty. It's when we feel our inadequacies. It's when we feel down. I can do all things through Christ. Who strengthens me? In First Peter two and twenty four says, "Who is who his own self bear our sins, and is 
and his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes we were healed. We need to do that when we're praying for people. But see, we've lost our boldness. And that's why I said, out with the old, in with the older. Because Stephen and them did not lose their boldness. Peter comes to the beautiful gate, and a man's been begging there for years. And Peter looks upon him, and he says, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give unto you in the name of Jesus. Rise and walk. Some people say that the, 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 the teachings of Jesus are, well, yeah, but that, that's not for today. Why do they call him the greatest teacher then? How can you call someone the greatest teacher but, but, but nullify their teaching? Getting a little radical, aren't I? It's real. It's real. I know, I know it's real. In Psalm 33, he said, Let the earth fear the Lord, and let the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices. I want you to, you need to write this down, and you need to speak it to our nation. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. The thoughts of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom hath chosen for his own inheritance. Say praise the Lord. I'm on the last page. It relates to the Middle East as well. Do you know that the, the Muslims, and I wrote this down, the Muslims make proclamations every five hours, five times a day, for the destruction of every nation who does not hold up Allah. They do that. See, if the devil knows how to make proclamations, how much more should we make proclamations over that? You know what? We've let them into this country, and I don't mean to be biased in any way, but I'm going to tell you, you can't let evil in or it will occupy. And I want you to know that over in that mosque right in Lewiston, they make a proclamation five times a day against our nation. Five times a day. Does that mean we get our guns and go hunting? No. The Bible said if you fight with a sword, you'll die by that sword. The Bible said we don't use carnal weapons, but we use the power of God. Does that mean we hate Muslims? No, we should love every one of them. Many Muslims today are getting saved, by the way. I've been reading lately of people who have been seeing a theophany. They've been seeing Jesus Christ walk into their room, to walk into their presence, and to share with them, just like they did with Paul. Paul, when his name was Saul, was just as ruthless as any Muslim who's trained to hate. 
He was a hater. But God made him a lover. And so we pray for them. We pray over them. We need to begin to speak these proclamations over the evil, even of the Middle East. Now let me read one of those things to you. For thus saith the Lord, sing with gladness for Jacob, and shout among the the chief of the nations. Publish ye, praise ye, and say, O Lord, save thy people and thy remnant. In Jeremiah 31.10, Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare it in the isles afar off, and say, He that scattereth Israel will gather him and keep him as a shepherd doth a flock. I told you in 1919 when Charles Larkins, he, he blew, remember those beautiful map because he was an architectural engineer and he took the whole of revelation and he drew all those if you've had any teaching you've probably have they've used uh larkin's writings uh, he was a master of of, of mapping out uh according to his understanding all of uh revelation but in 1919 larkin said that israel becoming a nation again must be a metaphor you know, isn't that sad when people make metaphors out of things? You know what a metaphor means? That's the way I see it. You ever heard people say that? You ever heard people say, well, that's not the way I see it. You know what they've done? They've made the, they've made the Word of God a metaphor. How many know that cuts? Ouch. And it should, because he loves us. He said, I chasten them in whom I love. He said, a son that is not chastened is a bastard and not a son at all. The day that God stops chastening me, I'm going to worry. Hear the word of the Lord, O ye nations. Declare it in the isles of fire off. How I many know we should be declaring the word of God in isles of fire off? We send diplomats into foreign nations to, to, to be our mouthpiece. How many know that we need to start opening our mouth toward those things in the name of Jesus and binding them? And declare those words afar off. And say, he that scattereth Israel... We'll gather him and keep him. Well, anyways, I was saying about Charles Larkin. He said in 1919 that Israel could never become a nation again. It would be impossible, so it must be a metaphor. I'm telling you what, God's word is true. He drew the Israelites from all corners of the world. You know, uh, two-thirds of all Jews live in Israel today. And he's about to gather the rest. Miracle. In Psalms 129 and 5 said, Let them be confounded and turned back that hate Zion. Let them be as grass upon the housetops, which wither, which withereth afore it ever grows up. In other words, get it in its seed. Don't let it grow. Even in your family, you need to begin to speak over your children. You need to begin to speak. And when some type of root of rebellion, you know what rebellion is, the Bible said? 
Rebellion is the sin of witchcraft. I had a, son, a father one time. And he said, oh, he's just sowing his wild oats. I said, do you know that what you sow, you'll reap? Do you understand that? Why don't you rebuke it in its infancy so it doesn't even have the chance to grow up? He said to Peter, as Peter stood upon that rock in front of a beautiful waterfall, and he stands there, and, and, um, and Jesus stands, should I say, upon that rock. He said, Blessed art thou, Simon Peter, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto, me, unto you, but my Father in heaven has revealed this. But what does it say just a few verses later? Get behind me, Satan! How can the same person... But usually the devil can't, we can, and marriage we can, we can. I've, I've had times I've said something to my wife, she said, only the devil could have told you to say that. Hmm. Put me in my place. And the, and the thing is, is, is that if we're not careful, we have, to th- we have to guard our mouth and guard our words that what we release on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we release in the heavens shall be bound on the earth. Whatever we release to God, God, I believe. God, I believe. I think of Billy Graham. Simple message, but very powerful. Billy Graham didn't play with any words. He didn't say, well, you know, I believe anything. He just says, repent. And he said, only believe. Only believe. That was always, you know, only believe. All things are possible, only believe. We also, another song was, uh, just as I am with one plea, I come. And it always said, there's room at the cross for you. And I want you to understand that if we grasp hold of what I preached this morning, Satan will tremble. And it needs not only catch here, but it needs to begin to catch from church to church. Stop playing politics and stop playing with the power that God's given us. And again, I'm not anti-political because I know that we have a duty as people in America because of the way that America is designed that each of us have a responsibility to voice what we believe in the polls. But you're the answer. And God said, I've deposited you in the world that you would grow up and that you would stand up. And, you'd, you, and you would believe. And I'm closing with this little story. And you, many of you have heard it many times. But I remember when I was a teenager. If I stayed at my grandmother's. I had to go to church. And I hated going to church. But little Grammy. Who I thought was a little bit weird. And, and we came home one night. And, and Debbie was a girl. And I, I, you heard it many times. But, but in my little mind as a child not realizing what church was all about other than a torture chamber where you had to go and sit without wiggling for a long time didn't fit well with me but I watched her when she prayed over that vehicle because it was a guy named Dickie I want to say his last name but he was a well known 
uh, a drug dealer, and he picked her up. She was 13. She, she was 13 looking for trouble. My aunt took her in to try to keep her from trouble. And my grandmother looked at that car. She said, in the name of Jesus. She said, I, I arrest that vehicle. <coughs> I bind that in Jesus' name. And I watched that car swerve down into a ditch. I can never say this story enough. And the neighbor, Frida, called the police, and they came, and immediately they knew that it was no good for a 13-year-old girl to be with this guy that they knew well. And they took her home. And I'm sitting there, Grammy. <laughs> How many of us are willing to be bold enough to become a mouthpiece for God? Oh, you'll be ridiculed, you'll be rejected, you'll be hated. He said, they'll hate you because they hated me. But out with the old and in with the older. Let's get back to our roots and realize who we are in Jesus. Would you stand with me, please? There's a lot of proclamations in the word that we should be writing down and we should be quoting every single day. So many Christians that are frustrated because of politics. God looks with bewilderment. What's wrong with you? Don't you know who you are? Don't you realize that I came to teach you to be like me? He said, be as I am. He said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Are you willing to face your pilots today? Are you willing to speak against the mountain? Are you willing to speak against the sycamine tree? Are you willing to proclaim that which is true and let God be true and let every man a liar? Are you willing to do that? Are you crazy enough to believe that? Because that's what God's calling us to. Only believe all things are possible. There are people out there doing great things. Over this last year and, and some months, uh, we've interviewed, Dale and I have interviewed a lot of people who are out there in the battlefield fighting for women, fighting for addicted people, fighting for this, living themselves in discomfort, living with bed bugs, whatever it might come in with it, willing to live with that, to give their life. But everyone that we have ever interviewed always came in with the joy. In their surrender, they found life and purpose. And they always come in with, 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 with the energy to push things forward. And I'll tell you, they need your help. We had the women, the, the, the right to life ladies from the state of Maine come in. And they looked at Dale and I and they said, we need help. The leper said, why sit we here and die? We need to get up and say, Lord, what is it that you have for my life? And you know what God's going to say? What do you have in your hand? You know, what's in your hand might be your testimony. Might 
be the thing that broke you, but God was able to repair. Maybe that's what's in your hand. But like Moses, as he feared and he trembled and said, they'll not believe me if I were to speak it. He says, take the rod that's in your hand and throw it. And God caught, turned it into something that was, that was powerful. Nothing more powerful than a deadly snake. So what I'm saying to each and every one of us is we need to read the Bible again. We need to read this. I like what one man said. Put the Bible down and read the scripture. Read what the word says. And believe it. Believe it. And if you will believe my word, you shall move mountains. You will speak against the drug addiction of your child. You will bring to rest those things that are that 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 are that that are anxious in your life. In the name of Jesus, and call a friend, say, preach it with me, speak it with me. In Jesus' name, he, he gave him Aaron. Let's bow our head if we would in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come humbly before you. Lord, as you said, unless we become as little children, we cannot enter the kingdom. God, that we not become sophisticated that we not get entangled in the things of our own mind and mingle them with the word, but we would let your word be your word. And not only would we let it be, but we'd speak it and believe it. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And everybody said amen, and God bless every one of you for coming this morning.